one o'clock on uh 125 2022 2023 uh that's uh 1300 for you military types um i've got to do the uh not getting myself an osint thing here so that i can uh you know look at things um i've got a lot to cover like usual because the space moves fast so let me jump into what is pro probably one of the i don't know single most hilarious instances of um when marketing attacks that I've had recently, and I'm not going to like go after the company because whatever, it doesn't really matter. But what I would like to say is if you're a company and you're getting in on the ZT side of things and you are trying to establish yourself as a player, it's probably not the smartest thing to come out of absolute left field and state that you're the only of anything in a market where research and a whole lot of people and a whole lot of effort has gone into defining that there is not a single player and you don't just walk into a room and drop your, you know, whatever on the table and say, this is us. I, I applaud bold. I'm totally good with bold. Um, but there's a difference between smart, bold and bold, bold for the sake of bold. Um, now, if you're if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. The best part of it is I took the position of um, calling this particular organization and their CEO out. And obviously, nobody there is sitting behind the wheel at the marketing side of it because they liked my post on, <laughs> on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, like, cool. Like, all they did was see their name and then like they didn't read through what was actually said or see the I think as of yesterday it was like 17,000 people had looked at it and X number of responses had gone into it um whoopsie so yeah that's that's probably something that you would want to uh get in front of now because I also think it's worthwhile um to really point out some of the uh I don't know, hypocrisy that we see in this space. And of course, again, I'm a hip hypocrite like everybody else. I forget to hit the mute button. <clears throat> but uh, I went to do a little poking around and see what I could find related to said organization um, that might be of interest. Took me about, I don't know, 11 minutes, maybe 15 tops. Um, again, without getting myself in trouble, you could do a little bit of thinking and figure out what I'm talking about here. But Said organization uh, happens to have at least 21 configuration issues. Of those 21, 15 are in the U.S. The others are in Germany, France, and the United Kingdom. Um, the ones that are most significant, however, are uh, their firewall for something in the U.K., that's all I'll say, has a configuration problem. Um, I should not be able to see the things that I'm seeing with an internet query pointed at this particular resource. So you might want to go fix that company who you know who you are. The other one is in France, there's an issue with a configuration on a web server and some of the other things around it. Uh, and the cookies are still tied to that and are publicly available. So 
if you're going to come into this space where lots of people are putting lots of effort in, there's global initiative, there's big time efforts going on, and you're going to just kerfuffle the marketing shenanigans, um, expect someone, probably me, because I got nothing else to do but cause hate and discontent to go and bang away at you a little bit because uh, you deserve it. It's perfectly viable to have your marketing organization say that you enable zero trust in some way, shape or form. Super great. Thank you. Welcome to the pool party. If you're going to be bold, think about your position in the overall ecosystem to enable this strategic endeavor and speak smartly to that and you will get way more benefit out of it. Or you can do what that particular organization did and deal with whatever happens, happens. And um, if you do happen to step on a landmine and people are pointing at you for the sake of you did it to yourself, make sure that you don't, I don't know, promote your own stupidity. So anyway, enough with that. Didn't take me long to find some vulnerable stuff with that organization, but you could find that with any organization. That's the nature of this space. Is it, is it immediately like, oh, they're all fucked up and whatever else? No, it's just that's how things are. However, this particular organization happened to do something that was notable. Um, and they followed it up with not paying attention to what was going on on social. And to be perfectly honest, without putting the individual's name out there, someone from that organization did know what was going on and DM'd me and made it a point to, uh, you know, state that they were less than uh happy with my particular position super but whatever anyway <laughs> yeah let's uh let's just kind of move on here from that if you haven't figured this out just go look at my linkedin you'll you'll get into it i it's been a while since i've had a genuine smile on my face but um this one did bring me some joy so uh, there's a really interesting report that came out. Uh, this is in newsweek.com and it's uh, basically how hackers outwit all efforts to stop them. It's cyber pandemic. Um, yes, Rob, my, uh, my feelings are very hurt. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just beside myself with misery here, but this, this report that came out in Newsweek uh, talks about how much hackers are winning and whatever else and da 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 and blah, blah, blah. And there's a whole lot of that. Like, I, I personally am at the um, state where I think we've got too much victimology in this space. Um, my personal position on 2023 is I hope we can change some of that narrative and start taking back some of the initiative. We've had enough of the we're always losing thing. However, what should be noted is in this report, and I'll throw the link into this after the live stream's over, um, there's a, a reference to Georgia State, uh, a researcher, um, Maimon, I think his last name is. Um, you can go Google his research, but basically he did a very specific study in looking at uh, users and how they were trained on how to uh, avoid phishing schemes. Literally spent time training, educating, running it through. And then two weeks later, he sent them phony uh, communications and a quarter, 25% of the people that were trained less than two weeks ago clicked on the same email. So I, you know, I don't know. Um, it's, uh, it's a, where do we keep dumping money down? Which rabbit hole? Um, people are not a technical control. I re I rag on this every week. 
Should you train them? Yes. Should you expect them not to click on stuff? No. That's just what it is. <sighs> and for the folks that are asking about the uh, checkpoint report, yes, DM me directly, and I'll be glad to get you a copy of that report as well. Um, Josh, you're talking about the victimology side. Yeah, I I think you're right. Sex and uh, sexiness sells, um, and victims are, for some reason, like the victim side of this equation is somehow strangely tied to that whole thing. So we got to fix that narrative. Um, now let's go into uh, a, a specific thing because a lot of organizations talk about what's the first thing you do for zero trust. And I've said this repeatedly. The first thing I think you should do for ZT is run a red team op. Why? Because I know how red teams work and I've done stuff with those guys and guys and gals in the past. And it gives you a place to know what's actually probably going to be the avenue of compromise. If you've ever been somebody who's been in like martial arts, uh, like I do Krav, or you've ever been somebody that's taken like a self-defense class or whatever else, in the dojo, it's super easy to get things right all the time. However, the moment you step out into an actual street fight, things change and it doesn't, there's no rules. So if you're not going to do a red team op, you're not prepared to enable a strategy like zero trust. That's my position on it. You can think what you want. Now, there's a really good article from Colin Demarest in C4ISRnet that talks about Amazon and other Pentagon cloud service providers face a zero trust test. And guess who's going to test them? Guess who the red team is? The NSA. So if you want to call down the 10-pound brains and have them come after you and do NSA stuff, this is it. And this is great because, and this is a quote from the article, we're going to have the NSA red team and perhaps even the service red teams, the Army, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, all those guys that really do this work. And they're going to run those tests. Randy Resnick's running this. Who He's awesome. He's doing great work. Um, this would be a realistic adversarial attack, a controlled attack, which I think the problem for a lot of folks is they think red team is just absolute bar fight in cyber. It's not. It's, it's still programmatic. It's still planned. It's still carefully controlled. But it's much more realistic. A pen test, if somebody runs a scan, gives you a report, bangs away at three IPs that you lock down, and then you go on about your way, and you say you're good, and you get hit with something on you know, two IP addresses over the next week. Red team is more dynamic. So if you're looking for an example, follow Randy Resnick's example, get a red team op. There's organizations out there that can do this. Red team your stuff and figure out where you are and then begin your strategy from there on. This is what actually has to happen. So um, it's not a good idea to try and plot a strategy when you don't know where you are and what your actual avenues of compromise are. So if you're asking me, and this is for the record again, how do we start ZT? Do a red team op. The U.S. government, the DOD, with a $9 billion contract is lining it up to do a red team op. Do what they do. You're, everybody's out there saying that the DOD is enabling zero trust, whatever else. They're a guide point. They're putting money into this, that then do what the fuck they do. Like, it's that simple. Um, don't don't try and reinvent the wheel. They're the ones engaged in the fight. They're the ones defending themselves from the nation states, et cetera, et cetera. They're attacked. I think I saw something said uh, 1.2 trillion times a month. Why would you not do what they're doing? Do Red Team. The article's on C4ISRnet. Go look it up. I'll try and throw a link in here after this is over with. On top of that, there is an article that I found on VentureBeat, which VentureBeat does good stuff. Tim Keary, however you say it, uh, published this. 
One third of orgs don't take cyber warfare seriously, despite the Russia-Ukraine war. Um, that's a problem. Uh, so if you read through this, um, Armis published this, and I'll try and put that link in here too. The State of Cyber Warfare and Trends Report 2022 to 2023 surveyed 6,000 IT professionals globally across multiple industries uh, and found that 33 to 35% of global organizations aren't taking cyber warfare seriously. Now, obviously, there's a question about well, what do you mean by seriously? Um, but the thing is, you should be taking cyber warfare pretty serious regardless. Um, the respondents remain indifferent or unconcerned about the impact of cyber warfare on their business. Have you been living under a rock? In spite of the fact that more than half of the respondents experienced more threat activity on their network between May and October than they did six months prior. So basically, here is a, a study from 6,000 people that says that folks are going, well, I don't think cyber warfare is a problem for me. However, they're in the same breath saying that they've seen more compromise activity on their networks. Um, Armist research comes as Russia, Ukraine, geopolitical conflict continues to unfold as a nation. Uh, Microsoft found that the number of cyber attacks perpetrated by nation states jumped from 20 to 40% between July and uh, 2021, 2022. Now, obviously, um, there's always a bit of uh, fudging going on here. Like you have to take it with a grain of salt when someone states that they have a nation state attribution and they can state a specific statistic. But the point is, I would say that they're seeing an indication that that is probably double. While many IT professionals remain ambivalent towards nation state cyber attacks and may assume their business isn't a priority target, the co-founder of Armis argues that overlooking these threats is a mistake. Here's, here's how folks should think about this. If you're doing business, you're, you have value for an APT. Why? It may not be because they're coming after you. If you make, I don't know, O-rings for something, whatever, they may not be coming after you, but you probably have connections into other entities and other organizations that you can work your way up. And APT is willing to wait months, if not years, to get access to that follow-on resource. They're fine with going after mom and pop shops and using that to work their way into further entities and organizations. So the, the argument of we don't have something of value doesn't hold water. It, it just does not. So if you are doing business online, honestly, if you're a, a an entity, a person, a kid or whatever else, and you're online and you do things on the Internet, there is some value to you somehow, some way for someone to leverage your access to get to something else. Know this. Let it be written from the mountaintop, whatever else. Uh, there's a little bit more organizations are concerned about the risk of nation state attack. The report argues that having an incident response plan in place, as well as testing that plan periodically identify weaknesses in the organization's security strategy is critical. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Again, back to what I was talking about with the red team stuff before. And those of us that were in the military, we know this because we've seen it in, in reality. Uh, you will never rise to the level of your expectations. You will always fall to the level of your preparation, planning, and training. If you're not doing realistic preparation, planning, and training, don't expect when shit hits the fan that all of a sudden things work. Um, once digital lead, if you want to call it that, starts flying, you're going to see how bad things go, how quick. I, matter of fact, the last workshop that I did with an organization, they asked for a, uh, a scenario-based thing from you know for the part of their planning. Day one, minute one, I walked in and dropped my uh, folder on the desk that had the scenario in it. And I just sat back and grabbed coffee and said, go. And you should have seen the absolute just 
cats running around on meth trying to figure out what was going on, et cetera, et cetera. It's it, when things go sideways is not the time to figure out your plan. So do red teams, do response planning, be prepared. Um, you know, does it mean you need to be paranoid? No. Does it mean you need to be aware? Yes. Is it a good way to continually polish capabilities? Absolutely. So do those things. Following on to that, there's a report from BlackBerry. Uh, this is Incision, PR Newswire. Um, BlackBerry's inaugural quarterly threat intelligence report reveals threat actors launch one malicious threat every minute. That's a lot of threats. Uh, Lou asked if I think that we'll ever get to 100% of organizations being serious about um, security. I No, unfortunately, Lou, I don't think we'll ever get to 100% of organizations. I mean, this is, um, it's a warfare space. So you're going to know real quickly over the course of, say, the next year, the organizations that actually move on to a strategy that makes sense and start enabling security because they're not going to be the slow gazelles at the back of the herd. Um, this is not a place where rising tide lifts all ships, unfortunately. If you choose to ignore the reality, then you're going to reap the whirlwind because you made that decision. Uh, this report's pretty interesting. If you go look through it, it talks about their global threat intelligence. And again, you know, take it for what it is. It's a vendor trying to put some stuff out there, but there's value in the reporting and the analysis. Um, BlackBerry's threat intelligence team identified the 90 days between September 1 and November of 2022. Uh, their system noted 1.757248, so one almost 2 million malware-based cyber attacks. Basically, that boils down to 62 unique samples per hour or one each minute. That's a lot of unique malware. The most common cyber weapons used in attacks include the resurgence of Emotet and a four-month dormancy, blah, 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 extensive period of the Quackbot phishing threat, again, and Goo Loader, which I was not familiar with Goo Loader. Now, there's a couple of takeaways here as well that for the Mac users out there know this. Mac OS is not immune. It is a common misconception that Mac OS is a, quote, safe platform due to it being less among enterprise systems. However, that should and probably is lulling IT managers into a false sense of security, especially with BYOD and those types of things. BlackBerry in this report explores the pernicious threats targeting Mac OS, including malicious codes that are sometimes even explicitly downloaded by users. In Q4 of 2022, the most seen malicious application on Mac OS was Doc to Master, Doc number two master, which collects user data from its own surreptitious ads. BlackBerry researchers know that 34% of client organizations using Mac OS had Doc2 Master on their network. So if you're using a Mac, go Google Doc2 Master and figure out how to look for that on your Mac. And if you see that there, you've got malware on your machine. That's D-O-C-K, the number two, Master, M-A-S-T-E-R. Go look for it. Do what every other good Google or every other good security researcher does. Google the shit and go figure it out. Redline was the most active and widespread info stealer. Post-pandemic work models have necessitated the need for businesses to support remote and hybrid employees. Okay. Uh, Redline is a form of malware is capable of stealing credentials from numerous targets, including browsers, crypto wallets, and FTP and VPN software. Hmm. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, and selling them on the black market. Cyber kernels and nation state directors rely on that initial access, which uh, Digital Shadows, they get acquired on what they're calling themselves now, but they do a great report on IAB. Stolen creds. Uh, and then there's, of course, the marketing stick on how awesome BlackBerry is. But 
go look at that report. Um, it's got some good information, good details in it. And again, if you're raising a Mac and you think, well, I have a Mac, I'm not going to be targeted. Go look for Doc to Master and see if it's on your machine. If it is, you have a compromise. So Google that shit and figure it out and get past it. Macs are not immune from, from hacks, um, unfortunately. Uh, lastly, um, window, uh, Windows Crypto API. This is from Akamai. Interesting report. This was published today, actually. Uh, Tomer Pellet and Yoni Rosenshine. I think I got those right. If I did not, I apologize. But executive summary. So Akamai's research analyzed a critical vulnerability in Windows Crypto API that was disclosed by the NSA to Microsoft. The vulnerability assigned CVE 2022 has a CVS score of 7.5, was patched in August, but was publicly announced in the October patch. So um, it was patched in August, publicly announced in October. Makes sense. According to Microsoft, the vulnerability allows the attacker to masquerade as a legitimate entity. The root cause of the bug is the assumption that the certificate index key, which is an MD5 based, is collision free. Since 2009, MD5's collision resistance is known to be broken. So Nerd talk there, but know that about MD5s. It's been sort of broken, if you will. Um, the attack flow is twofold. The first phase requires taking a legitimate certificate, modifying it, and serving the modified version to the victim. So a bit of things to happen there. The second phase involves creating a new certificate whose MD5 collides with the modified legitimate certificate and using new certificate to spoof the identity. So you're talking about credential spoofing or uh, certificate spoofing. We have searched for applications of the wild that use crypto API in a way that is vulnerable to spoofing attacks. So far, we found that old versions of Chrome. So if you've got old Chrome and Chromium-based applications can be exploited. So if you're running containers and you're using Chromium stuff, hmm, uh, we found that fewer than 1% of visible devices and data centers are patched for this particular vulnerability that are using that service, rendering the rest unprotected. So this is interesting because you're talking about some things along crypto you're talking about certificate you're talking about cash but the application here is pretty broad in nature and akamai does a really good job in this report of running through how this would work which ways it's being exploited and then how it's going to be leveraged for the adversary side of that and they have a real world example which is really good so yeah, um, this one gets pretty deep into the weeds. I had to read through this two or three times um, just because they're getting deep into it. But there's a lot of value here. So I would use this as something to go off and educate myself on for this particular avenue of compromise and attack. Uh, it's a good report. So well done. Tip of the hat. Wag of the finger to Akamai for that. Okay, it's uh, 23-ish minutes into the hour. Um I don't know. Maybe I didn't have quite as much to cover as I thought, but I can give you back six or eight minutes of your day because um, you don't have to listen to me blather on. Anyway, uh, more will be coming. I won't be doing this next week probably because I'll be at ZT World in Orlando with the Threat Locker folks. If you're going to be in Orlando or you're not, get a ticket and go to ZT World. It's a great event. Good people. They're going to show real demos. They're going to actually bring in rubber duckies and Wi-Fi pineapples and all kinds of cool shit. And we're going to get to play with stuff. So if you're around Orlando or you can get a ticket, I don't think they're that bad for ZT world. Go look it up. Come on out there. Uh, if you're there, come say hi to me. I'd love to meet people. Um, anyway, God bless as always stay smart, stay safe, stay secure. I'll catch you on the next one.
Disclaimer, the information in this podcast episode, aka episode, is provided for general information purposes only. By listening to this episode, you understand that this is not specific technical guidance from the host. No information contained in this episode should be construed as security advice from the author, host, or guest, nor is it intended to be a substitute for security advice on any particular subject matter. No listener of this episode should act or refrain from acting on the basis of any information included in or accessible through this episode without seeking the appropriate technical or other professional advice on the particular facts and circumstances that are discussed. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All views expressed therein are those of the host and his guest and should not be considered as being endorsed by nor related to the host or the guest's employers.